0: pray, God remove doubt from our heart, show us the way, make our decisions be made with certainty, strength, and courage, let our plans be your will, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning all. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy that you're here as well. The Lord is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, hallelujah. What a powerful and profound statement. Has anyone here ever questioned the validity of that statement? Have any of you ever had any doubt that Jesus Christ rose from the grave? In my personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I have questioned whether or not Christ was able to overcome death and ascend to the right hand of God. Had I been in the room with the disciples, I probably would have been aligned with Thomas asking for concrete proof. My doubt regarding the rising of Christ from the dead would have little or anything to do with my belief in God. For I have always known there is someone, something, some entity that is greater than our human form, greater than our capacity to know and understand at this time. And once we think we understand it, that would be but a drop in the bucket of the information that is yet still before us to learn and know about what the power of God is. I know there is something beyond science and metaphysics that has brought all of what we know and understand into being. Whenever I need to affirm God's being, I just look around at what has been given to us by God as gifts. Food, energy, raw materials. People have not created any of these life-sustaining and life-giving necessities. All of these are part of God's creation given to us for the sustaining of her creation. Scripture tells us this morning that unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. I believe all Christians have experienced the doubting Thomas syndrome at one time or another, but the example of doubting Thomas also provides us both an opportunity for instruction and encouragement. You see, we tend to doubt when when we are faced with very troublesome problems in life which takes us to God, crying out in heartache and anguish. It is during these times that we feel God does not answer us, does not respond to us with what we want or what we think is correct, or what we deem most appropriate and right. It is at these times that we begin to doubt our faith. Some of the most noteworthy Christians in our lifetime have expressed doubt in their belief of Christ rising from the dead and being with them over the course of their life's experience. Mother Teresa frequently wrote of her loneliness, her not hearing from God sharing her personal hypocrisy and doubts about her own faith. Pope Francis has spoken openly about the role of doubt in faith. He has stated that all of us experience some sort of insecurity and loss and doubt in our journey. One of the most notable Christians was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Whose life we remember this morning, 50 years after his murder in Memphis, Tennessee. As a teenager, he shared that he had doubts about his faith. At age 13, he he told his Sunday school classmates that, He did not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. It was among one of many doubts that he had in his youth that he recounted in his own autobiography. I recently read an oracle by Eric Dyson that encapsulates the life and legacy of Dr. King as a man of faith who didn't mind making a little trouble made trouble for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He put the ministers at war with one another. He believed his purpose in life was to bring justice to as many of God's children as possible while at the same time expressing the revolutionary power, (coughs) the power of belief. He expressed on more than one occasion that he was tired of the struggle for civil rights. He doubted his own efforts. He fought long and hard with his trusted advisors about strategy and messaging. He made painful mistakes in his personal life. He realized that he was just a pastor from Atlanta who was taking on and matching wits with the President of the United States. A midnight kitchen experience over a cup of coffee after he had received phone calls threatening to blow his brains out and blow up his house during the Montgomery bus boycott gave the fear-stricken Dr. King a sense of God's unshakable presence. He said that instead of inherited faith, he had to forge terms of his relationship with God Almighty. He had to know God for himself. He could hear an inner voice saying to him, Martin, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you until the end of the world. For the rest of his life, Dr. King did just that. His faith propelled him to fight Jim Crow. It led him to speak valiantly against the lynching and bombing and shooting of black people who merely wanted what the rest of the community, what the white community had. A cup of coffee at a lunch counter a room at a hotel that they could afford, a drink of water from any water fountain, a seat on a bus wherever they wanted to sit, a desk in a classroom in a school that was in their neighborhood. And yet none of this stopped him from taking action. He drew inspiration from his beliefs and from the stories of people that he tried to help. He forged ahead, letting his doubts accompany him, but not impact him. And he ended up changing a nation. All of these noted people, Mother Teresa, Pope Francis, Dr. King, all of these people drew on their knowledge of what they knew to be the true and living God during their own personal inner desolations. Back to our gospel lesson for this morning. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas would not take the words of his fellow disciples. It wasn't until Jesus told him, put your finger here, put your hand here, Do not doubt, but believe. Although Thomas did in fact doubt the Lord's resurrection appearance, once he saw the risen Christ, he proclaimed his faith, my Lord and my God. Jesus then commended him for his faith, although that faith had come to him based on what he has seen. Thomas reminds us that (coughs) faith does not exclude doubt and questions and concerns nor does it exclude moments when we wonder whether God is truly with us. Sometimes God may seem distant. It may seem that he has forgotten us. He may seem unresponsive as we face darkness or illness or helplessness, the helplessness we feel before the dying of a loved one. Faith is not always clear and unchallenged. Yet we are asked to believe in the midst of the questions and uncertainties that surround us. Faith is the freedom to believe because of our ongoing knowledge of the power and presence of our trust in God's word. We identify with the Father in the gospel who prays with great honesty. I believe. And if we keep true to God, God will take us through any ordeal. And with that, will bring us out of that circumstance with a better knowledge of who God is. Thomas' action reminds us that we receive faith in and through the community in which we engage. We receive faith from our parents. We receive faith through engagement with our friends. We receive faith in our engagement in our church family. It is not clear why Thomas was away when Jesus first appeared in the room with his disciples, but it is clear that whatever took Thomas away from the first meeting was no longer an issue during the second meeting because Thomas had returned, he had come back to the community of the disciples. He trusted them enough to return, to come back. The doubt Thomas experienced in the face of the heartbreaking loss of the one he loved is not unlike our own when we are facing up massive loss, when we are in despair, when we are in the midst of heartbreak or exceedingly experiencing sorrow. Although we have the spirit within us, we can still experience doubt. However, this does not affect our eternal standing with God. You see, God is steadfast, even when we are faltering. True saving faith always perseveres to the end, just as Thomas's did, just as Peter's did, even after he had had a monumental moment of failure and weakness, denying the Lord Whom he loved and believed. This is because he who had began a good work in you. Will carry it on to completion. Until the day of Christ. You see Jesus is the author. Of our perfecter. Of our faith. Faith is the gift of God to his children. And he will mature it and perfect it until he returns. In preparing my sermon, my thoughts and overall concept of Thomas and his negative doubts changed significantly. Even though it took visual proof for Thomas to believe, it was through overcoming his doubt that his belief grew in the resurrection. Just as Thomas became aware through his visual assessment, We become aware through our prayers and our continuous relationship with God. That is what gives us the strength to grow stronger in our faith. Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The breath of Jesus Christ causes us to overcome our doubt, maintain our faith, and go and do the work Christ has given us to do. Amen.